Continuing in our studies on the personality of Satan, Lord willing, we'll try to get through this, what we have left this afternoon, the personality of Satan, the affecting work of Satan. We believe that the devil or Satan is a personal evil spirit. He's real. And he is an affecting evil spirit. Formerly a holy angel perfectly created by God in creation from which estate he fell by transgression, by sin. He sinned. And in that fall, he drew a host of angels with him as their leader. Being the prince, power of the air and of darkness of this world, that he is the enemy of God and of man. If you're not saved, he's not your friend. He's your enemy as well. He is the tempter and the accuser of the brethren. The possessor of the power of death. That's where we left off last week. Ready for the next statement. As allowed by God. The evil, the work, which he carries on is only as it is allowed by God. He can't do all that he would and all that he will to do. God has limited him. God limits him. Come with me to the book of Job. Again, the book of Job in chapter 1. And I know we read verses 6 through 12 last week. We're only going to read verse 12 this week. We know the record of Satan coming before God and God asking Satan if he had considered his servant Job and, and Satan saying, he only serves you for what he's going to, what he can get from you. Look how you you blessed him. Seven sons, three three daughters, seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred oxen, three hundred she asses. Look how you blessed him. He's only serving you because you're good to him. He said, put forth your hand and take it all away from him. And he'll curse you. Verse 12. When the Lord said unto Satan, Behold all that he hath is in thy power 
only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. <clears throat> All that he has is in your hand, Satan. Do with what you want. But don't you touch his body. Don't you touch him. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. We see here God setting a boundary, setting limits upon what Satan could do. Also again in the second chapter. And this time, Satan comes back and he was unsuccessful in getting moved to curse God. And so he comes back and says, well, you put forth your hand and, and you touch his bone. You touch his flesh. You touch Job. You afflict him and his body. And he'll curse you. Verse 6. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand. Go ahead. You can afflict his body. But save his life. There again, we have boundaries set. We have a limit set to how far Satan could go with the evil that he wanted to work. And, and, and by the way, if you haven't drawn the idea and the conclusion here, Satan was not a friend of Job. Satan was the enemy of Job as well. So don't get to thinking that, that, that don't get too cozy with Satan. He's not out for your good. He's out for himself. So it's as allowed by God, he is the author of all evil and of all false religion. As allowed by God. I just have to read another passage in conjunction with that. We'll be looking at it later on, too. But second... Second Thessalonians, chapter 2. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The man of sin. Who is who is Satan's man? He's Satan's man. And it's already work, he said. Only he who now letteth will let. Only he who now restraineth will restrain. That is literally the Greek word there translated letteth and let means restrain. Restraineth and restrains. Who is it that is restraining? It is God. It's God the Holy Spirit that is restraining right now. There's a limit. <laughs> right now. Today. As evil and as wicked as this, this world has gotten. And I have, I have seen it greatly multiplied in my time. But be assured of this. God is still restraining. There's a limit. <laughs> Even though it seems like there's not a limit as to how wicked things are and how wicked things can get. It's being limited. It's being restrained. 
by God. Until it's not restrained any longer. Till we be taken out. When, when the Lord Jesus Christ appears in the ear, takes us out, takes them home to be with Him, the Holy Spirit comes with us. Okay. <laughs> it's not hard to see how things that we read in the book of Revelation during the tribulation period, how, how they can become so wicked. Is it? Because the restraining power of God has been lifted. It's been taken forth. So there is a limit to the evil that Satan can perpetrate. And even that, that goes to, to count towards the false religion as well. And false religion has multiplied in my lifetime. And there are religious people everywhere you go, but it's false. It's a false religion. It's false promoting. Promote. There's the gospel, but it's the gospel of works. There's the gospel of prosperity. God didn't say that. Turn with me to the book of John. So we've seen the limits that have been placed there. Now to see that he is the author, or he's this, he is John 8, and verse 44 tells us he's the father. These Jews here, they were confessing Abraham to be their father, confessing God to be their father in verse 43 Jesus says to them why do you not understand my speech why don't you understand what I'm telling you here's why even because you cannot hear my word <laughs> you, you don't you don't hear it. You don't want to hear it. Ye are of your father, the devil. If you don't hear the word of Jesus, if you don't hear the words of this book, if you refuse to hearken to him, if you refuse to obey them, that is, you refuse to do them, as these Jews did. They refused the works of God. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. <laughs> no truth. Not some truth. Listen. To not have the, the truth, if you just have some truth, you don't have the truth. There's no mixture of error and truth. Either it's truth or false. There is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, Jesus gets down to what he said in verse 43, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. You won't believe the truth. They, they didn't want to believe the truth. Why? Because that meant they had to do the truth. And they did not want to do the works 
of God. First John, the book of First John in chapter 3. Look what verse 8. that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. <laughs> read it. You can read it back in, in the book of Genesis. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ, we looked at that last week, Jesus Christ came to destroy sin. He was tempted of Satan. He was tempted points like as we are tempted by Satan. Did he sin? No. He was incapable of sin. And he didn't sin. And in that, he destroyed sin. And destroyed death. Because they crucified him and three days later he rose from the grave. Victorious death. And by defeating death, he defeated Satan. He delivered the, the blow, the gaping blow to the head of Satan. Talked about in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The seed of woman would bruise the head, crush the head of Satan. And so he did. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. When you were born again of God, you were given the seed of God. You were given the seed of of Jesus Christ. You're given His Spirit. And His Spirit remains. His Spirit is eternal in you. And you don't continue on in sin because that seed of God, the Spirit of God, continues to remain in you. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. The inward man, the new man, which is an inward planning, cannot sin. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. <laughs> he doeth not doeth not <laughs> righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother does not love his fellow man. Turn with me. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. And notice the wiles and the trickery of Satan, of the devil, of the father of all wickedness, all evil. 
In verse 13 of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. These evil spirits, these demons, these devils, they transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're actually false apostles. They're not true. But they dress themselves up like they're the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. Don't wonder at this. Don't be amazed at this. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. <laughs> what does that say about all the religious folks of the world? who are not of God's making. Do not they profess to believe in God? To believe in Jesus Christ? Are they not angels of light? Appearing to be light? <laughs> Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, his servants, his angels, his demons, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Whose end shall be according to their works. <laughs> you see, it's even possible they fool us. That's what he's saying here. It's even possible they fool us, but they're not going to fool my Heavenly Father. They're not going to fool God. For He knows those that are His. Chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 4. Look at verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. <laughs> you see, that is, it, 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 lost folks sitting in the assembly, sitting under the sound of the preaching of the gospel, the, the preaching of the gospel was preached. Why are they not saved? Why do they not believe when the gospel is preached? Because Satan blinds their eyes to it so that they won't believe the gospel. Until one day they're sitting under the preaching of the gospel. And lo and behold, they see. Lo and behold, they hear. They see. And they repent. And they believe. Why? Because of the power of God. The power of God is greater. First John chapter 4 and verse 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We're told in the book of Psalms and in chapter 76, verse 10. If you don't know this verse, you should know it. 
Psalm 76.10, Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. <laughs> the, the, the evil and the wickedness of man and of Satan. Praise the Lord. That's a funny one, isn't it? Not funny ha-ha either. That might amaze you. That might perplex you. That might cause you to wonder, huh? How that can be. Well, don't feel alone. I've wondered it, but it's in God's Word, I believe it. The evil and the wickedness of man and of Satan. Praise the Lord. The remainder of wrath, the remainder of that evil and wickedness that man would, would spew and that Satan would spew, shall thou restrain. In other words, whatever evil and wickedness that man and Satan would do, if it doesn't praise the God, if it doesn't pass the purpose of Almighty God, he restrains it. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing now that, that we read to you there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 7 and 8. The work of the Holy Spirit, restraining. Now, he's restraining evil. He's restraining wickedness. Now. <laughs> Only we see him restraining less and less. That's what I said about the, my lifetime, seeing it really multiplied in my lifetime. Because God is restraining less. He's allowing more and more. Why? Because it's all according to his purpose. To bring to pass. His purpose, what he has determined to be done upon the earth. Another verse that we're very familiar with is found in the book of Genesis chapter 50 in verse 20 where Jacob had passed away and now the brothers of Joseph are all concerned they're, they're afraid Joseph, Joseph is going to get even with us for the evil that we wrought against him Joseph says in verse 20 of chapter 50 of Genesis but as for you Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. You see, that evil, that wickedness which they wrought against Joseph, Joseph said, God only intended it for good. In other words, God allowed it because it's going to bring to pass the good that he had purposed to bring past. And what was that? The salvation of many people we see. Book of Exodus chapter 9 and verse 16. Moses was told to deliver this statement unto Pharaoh. God told Moses to deliver this statement unto Pharaoh. And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up for to show in thee my power and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Which is is brought over into the New Testament in the book of Romans in chapter 9. Where he said he raised up Pharaoh that his mighty power might be manifested, might be shown. Turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts in chapter 4. In verse 26, Acts chapter 4 and verse 26. This is what 
Peter and John told the magistrates there in the city when they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and they tried to restrain them. They said this, the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Evil. Evil. Was this evil to praise the Lord? Yes, it was. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentile, and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel, the hand of God and the counsel of God determined before before the foundations of the earth to be done, to be done. You see, God allowed that evil to come to pass because it was going to praise him. It was going to accomplish his purpose, what he had determined to be done. Psalms 104 and verse 9. The psalmist says there, Thou hast set a bound. Say, the waters of the earth. Tells us in a few verses before that how that he allowed the waters to cover the earth. The great flood. But he says, now in verse 9, he says, and thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over anymore and not cover the whole earth again with a great flood. That they turn not again to cover the earth. Book of Proverbs in chapter 30. In verse 4, Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4. Who hath ascended into heaven or descended? Do you know the answer? Who hath gathered wind in his fist? Do you know the answer? Do you know who controls the wind by his mighty hand? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Do you know the answer? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If thou canst tell. <laughs> here, here it shows the mighty God, the one who, who, who is the creator of all. The sustainer of all. The one who set the bounds. The one who set the limits. He sets the limit to the wind. The whirlwind is guided by his hand. The, the hurricanes that, that hit here in the United States of Flor uh, the United States of America in Florida, the, or any other where, where in the world where they hit, they don't hit there just by chance. They don't hit there just because of Mother Nature. I hate that term. I hear a weatherman talk about Mother Nature or anyone else talk about Mother Nature. It's God. The sovereign God who controls it. They're in His hand. And they go where He sends them. He, go, he turns them wheresoever He will. They hit right where He wants them to hit. Nowhere else. I've seen, I've come 
from an area of a lot of tornadoes and in the town that we lived in and been one in that town for years to jump over that town. That's gone. I, I've seen tornadoes, reports of tornadoes. They come in and they wipe out this building right here. Right beside it, untouched. Or the one across the street, untouched. Who did that? God did. Said he limits things. So in the scriptures, Satan's limitations are clearly set forth. He's superhuman. Don't think you're a match for Satan. He's superhuman, more powerful than humans. You're no match for him. But not only, but not in any sense is he divine. He's not divine. He's created being. He was created an angel. We looked at that. His activities are in the world. This world is his domain. He is a created being. His power is limited. Definitely limited. Limited by whom? Limited by God. He can only go so far. He can only do so much. He's doomed. He's doomed to a final destruction. His entire working is that of secondary and his dependent being who is performed a certain limited scope of power. He can't, he can't affect every place and everywhere that he would. Oh, he would do to us as he did to Job. He would do to us more than he was allowed to do to Job. But God limits him. And he can only go so far. And wow, we only got one point. And I guess we're going to have to quit. I think I have only two points. Well, that's the chief power. He's the chief power back of the present apostasy. Just to shorten it up, we read it to you in Second Thessalonians, chapter two and verses seven and eight, and, and that's particularly talking about uh, false doctrine, false teaching, the spirit of Antichrist is dwelling there in the book of. Turn with me to the book of Acts in, in chapter 20. In verse 29. For I know this. Paul says to the Ephesian church elders after telling them to look to their flocks and to feed them, to instruct them. 
He said, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. <laughs> wolves, false, false prophets, false, false apostles, the ministers of Satan. They're gonna they're gonna come, they're gonna sneak in. They're going to devour you. They're going to tear you apart. That's why it's so important to, to listen to the teaching and preaching of the Word and to, to take it home and study the teaching and preaching of the Word. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly so that you might be able to stand in that evil day. First John, First John chapter two, in verse eighteen, little children, it is last time. This was written in the Apostle John's day, probably getting really close to to one hundred A.D. Many years ago. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. You you heard how that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists in, in 90 AD. Almost 2,000 years ago. Even now, are there many antichrists? How much more are they multiplied over the last 1,000 years? Whereby? We know that it is the last time. He said, we know it's the last days now because there are many antichrists then. How much closer? For the last time. The last day. It was the last time, the last days in the Apostle John's day. And we're 2,000 years beyond that. Chapter 4, verse 3, he says this. He says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. They are false. They're Antichrist. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. The spirit of Antichrist was already there. Monday. And it's here. Second John chapter 1 there's only one chapter verse 7 Second John and first, verse 7 for many deceivers are entered into the world again in John's day who confess not that Jesus Christ is come the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Listen, what does it mean that they confess not that Jesus is Christ, is come in the flesh? What does it mean to, to deny that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh? If you do not mark words, 
if you do not obey my commandments. Did you know that not obeying the commandments of God, the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ, is to deny Him? Every time that you disobey a commandment of God, a commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're denying Christ. That's what John just said here. Turn with First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four and verse one. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. The Spirit of God. That in the latter times some shall depart from the faith they never had the faith they didn't have true faith they were mere professors you can gather that in the previous chapter they were mere professors of the Lord Jesus Christ and they're they're done. They're done with religious fanatics. They're done being religious, and they go out to work evils that are perpetrated here in this chapter. But also, the meaning is here that, that speaketh expressly that in the latter times, in the latter days. Some shall depart. They won't, they won't come to the faith. You know, I, I get really excited anymore. Every now and then. And my grandchildren on a couple occasions have been ones that have been saved. I get really excited. I get really excited when I hear that someone was saved in such and such a church. They're having a baptism next Sunday because so-and-so was came forward professing Jesus Christ. I get excited. But you know, you get to hear of it a lot more than you hear of it now. There are less and less coming to the faith. There are less and less that are being called under repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Satan's end. He's destined to final destruction. Eternal destruction in the lake of fire. Book of Revelation Chapter 20. You go back and 19 of this, and you'll find in the latter verse that the prophet and the beast. Cast in to the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, verse 20 of the 19th chapter. They're cast in there. Chapter 20, verse 1. What happened to Satan at that time? Well, he's not at that time cast into the lake of fire at that time with his false beast and, and false prophet. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the keys of the bottom pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, 
that old serpent, which is the devil. And bound him a thousand years. Bound him a thousand years in the bottom of his pit. I'll submit this to you. Bound him a thousand years in, in the seat of his throne. The seat of his throne is said to be now in the bottomless pit. That is his throne. And he has angels there with him. And they come forth out of that bottomless pit. And do their workings in the earth. The earth is his domain. The bottomless pit is his throne. But now he's going to be chained and he's going to be cast into there and, and, and he bottom of his pit is going to be closed up and locked and he's not going to be able to get out of it and wreak havoc upon the earth for a thousand years at the end of the thousand years he's going to be loosed and he's going to go about and to do one last battle against the Lord. In verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night. For a time, no, forever and ever, never to end. And you can read the next verses, and you can find that all those who died without Christ, hell and death, deliver up the dead that were in them, and they're cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and ever. Shall we stand?